The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. I actually think uh, today's interview is one of the most important and significant ones that I've done. I've had some wonderful guests on this show, as you well know, as regular listeners to the show. But uh, just watching and listening to uh, Sarah Beek and the place where she is in her in her own life as a representative, an archetype of the emerging sacred feminine. So, Sarah, not putting you under any pressure at all, but welcome to the show today. <laughs> Thank you. It's so great to be here with you. So I think it would be great for our, our listeners to hear a little bit of, of the background that's brought you to this really interesting place where you are today. Sure, sure. Um, well, I think probably like most of your listeners, I since I was a child just felt very connected to spirituality and to the divine. And that passion for the divine really led me to study spirituality anywhere that I could. So eventually when I got into school, I decided to study it academically, and um, that allowed me to travel around the world experiencing different traditions and teachers and practices. And um, after school, I, I wrote my first book, The Red Book, and this is really a book for women in my generation, kind of under 40 women, um, to take spirituality back into their own hands and to really give it sort of a makeover, a real authentic makeover. And then after that, um, like many authors in the spiritual or self-help arena, I went on to give workshops and talks and um, interviews, etc. And I got um, a second book deal and, and my success kept growing and um and then i had an experience that happened through interviewing um a union analyst named Marion Woodman who was in her 80s um for a documentary film that i was creating featuring the work of the the feminine and this sort of new emerging consciousness and it was in that interview with Marion Woodman that i had this real just sort of body-to-body transmission and recognition that this was the first woman I had ever sat across from that had truly embodied her soul. And what I realized during the interview was that I had not. Um, And in fact, at that point, I couldn't even 
seal my soul. Um, and this is when I began to recognize that there was a really big difference between what um, some would call spirit and some would call soul. So I had a strong connection to the divine, strong connection to like what we would, might consider like guides and universal consciousness, but I didn't have a connection, a real embodied connection with my own distinct divine being, my own essence. Um, and I wasn't in my flesh, really. So after this experience, I really went into uh, what I call a red night of the soul, a real place of questioning. It was a very humbling place, and um, everything pretty much got um, dismantled during that time. And um, it led to me really pulling back from my professional life and social life, um, about 95% of it, for about three and a half to four years. And... um, Yeah, I just went through a real personal, um, honest mm, reworking, having to face a lot of my shadows, a lot of the reasons that I was participating in a spiritual marketplace, both for um, positive reasons and for not-so-healthy reasons. Um, And I really had to look at many illusions and kind of delusions that I had, um, both with myself and with spirituality in general. So from that now, came now I, I know pa- I know part of that, Sarah, was you had another uh, extraordinary experience uh, in an interview circumstance with Andrew Harvey. Could you tell our listeners yeah. about that? Because that was another big piece in this puzzle, wasn't it? Yeah, I was really lucky to have um, some people come in and really spank me, give me a huge spiritual spanking. <laughs> and they did it through their own way. Marion Woodman just did it by being herself. You know, she was just sitting across from me, fully embodied. <laughs> fully human, you know, fully human. And that, that was something I really needed to experience. Um, and then Andrew Harvey came in because there was a brief upsurge in my career after Marion Woodman where all of a sudden there was a lot of attention coming in. Um, myself and other colleagues of mine were put on the cover of the New York Times Sunday Style section. Um, they called us the new role models for our generation. There's just a lot of offers pouring in and, um, a lot of commercial offers, a lot of excitement. And although it felt a little off to me because I had only (laughs) been sort of in my red night of the soul for about six months at that point, um, so I was like, that was a fast healing (laughs) if I I got through all that and now all this success is coming. And um, it made me question a little bit um, what was going on. But like me in sort of the spiritual self-help arena, there's also this real driving force that we want to be here to serve people and we want to offer our gifts. And and what can end up happening, what ended up happening with me is that um, the marketplace is a very strong current. And if we're not careful, it can sort of carry us along its course route instead of our own souls. So during another interview for my film, I interviewed Andrew Harvey, and he really gave it to me straight. He pretty much yelled at me for two hours straight about um, what was actually going on right then. And to be extraordinarily vigilant and aware of how the divine feminine was actually being used by the marketplace and actually how patriarchy was now wearing a goddess costume and how I had to be just extraordinarily careful with how I was choosing to transmit the feminine in this current arena. So it was very loud and very strong and really clear to me the whole time <laughs> this gay British mystic was yelling at me that, <laughs> that this is coming straight from 
the divine feminine herself. And, and the other part of it that's really important um, to just share with people because I think this is also a particularly empowering way the feminine in my experience works is that everything Andrew Harvey was yelling at me about, I had been actually journaling about for months, but I wasn't trusting my own wisdom. I wasn't trusting what I was receiving because the external world was louder on my radar than the internal world at that time. And the external spiritual arena was really dominating my consciousness and even my energy field. And so I actually, when Andrew Harvey started (laughs) yelling slash channeling the Divine Feminine, I really paid attention because I was like, this is eerily sounding and exactly like what I had been voicing to myself for months. I just haven't had the courage to act on it. And so having an external reflection really shoved in my face, really slapped me to attention and made me realize that what I was feeling, and I don't think I'm alone in this at all, but what I was sensing about what was going on with the divine feminine in the marketplace and my own participation in it, I really needed to shift. I really needed to change. And I really needed to hop out of this really fast current that wasn't actually a natural organic current of the divine feminine. There was something else going on. So that's a bit of it. That's just, uh, just uh, it's really important, I think, for people to understand this piece because a lot of it is unconscious. Is yeah. talk about this patriarchy in the goddess costume. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, since this upsurge and this new awakening in consciousness of the feminine that is so obviously happening on this planet, and um, just like any upsurge and new wave of consciousness, there is a shadow side to it. And that shadow side is something that I I call, and it's just a label, um, the false feminine. And the false feminine and the true feminine, I think we all have parts of those. Um, We both, we run true and false within our own systems, and the world has what I would consider true and false running through it as well. And with the feminine, um, what has been happening, and I know other people have, you know, felt this as well, is that patriarchy has been taking advantage of this new upsurge in feminine consciousness. So right now there's an enormous trend, especially in America, of, you know, women coming out with their own businesses and entrepreneurship and just really becoming extraordinarily successful, and especially in particular in the spiritual and self-help arenas and it's um it's huge and it is making a ton of money and while there's positive aspects of this especially since women have been suppressed and oppressed for so long on this planet so there's something very truthful and very empowering about women finally claiming their unique gifts and sharing them in the world and being able to support themselves and support their family and there is also alongside of it this this shadow, um, and the shadow side of it is definitely an aspect of patriarchy. And patriarchy is a consciousness that isn't just outside of us. It's not just a system of power that's been dominating females or feminine and putting down feminine values. It's also, you know, a piece. It's a consciousness that's inside each and every one of us, and it does look for any ways to continue its agenda. And so with this new uprise of feminine empowerment, 
it's it's taking advantage of that. Like it's taking advantage of everything. And so right now you can actually feel, you know, in your energy field and your body um, how some of this patriarchal consciousness is actually using the divine feminine to forward its own agenda and really using it to make a buttload of money (laughs) and using it to actually sort of keep women in this very interesting paradigm of sort of false success. And it's a qualitative difference. It's something that I think each of us knows how to feel in our own bodies. And it's not a judgment. It's not something you can go around being like, oh, that person is definitely (laughs) patriarchy wearing a goddess costume and that person isn't. But it is something that is really important for each of us to ask about our own self and ask about our own participation and to do the shadow work around why we are offering our gifts to the world because there's beautiful reasons and there are also some really deeply wounded reasons why we're offering our gifts and patriarchy and the marketplace. We will play off those wounds and play off those shadows, and that's what they hook us with to continue their own agenda. Sarah, you had a, a, an incredibly difficult experience after you'd o- already done this and you'd actually written your real book, Red Hot and Holy, and then one of the people that you totally trusted turned on you in that moment. Can you tell us a bit about that? Because that's, that's, again, is that ultimate twist of fate that's so challenging. Yeah, yeah. Um, writing Red Hot and Holy, my second book, was the most difficult thing I have ever gone through. And I think like most people who are really trying to create something through their own soul, um, it's it's a labor. It's a real messy, painful, excruciating <laughs> labor if, if you haven't been close to your soul for a while. Um, and also the soul journey is, is a weird one. It's, it's, a, it's a very particular journey. It's very unique to us all. But um, I, I think I could say in general it does lead us into places that are not often talked about in common spiritual parlance. And at least for me, the places that I was really um, going inside of myself and remembering about myself, not just as the human Sarah, but also as the soul, um, as my own soul, who has been on a very long journey and has been on a very specific trajectory. Um, this is intense material to come back into contact with, like to allow to resurface again from our own body, not from anything outside of us, but just from our own skin, our own soul skin. And for me, it really demanded, you know, solitude and isolation and kind of going through this intense labor process. And while I was doing that, there was really one person that I spoke with kind of continually throughout this process. And this person really became my my cheerleader and like my champion and was a huge support for me, like really, really encouraging me to trust what I was finding and what I was remembering and 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 daring um, to write about. This person was just pretty much, uh, yeah, just a huge, huge, huge support and so close to this process. Like I shared, I shared a lot of it um, with this person. So, The book finally um, went through its process. I found a resonant publisher because I had to leave my previous publisher in order to write this book um, because I did not want it. 
I found another publisher that was resonant and I went through this intense editing process um, just with me and my soul. And in the day that I received what are called the final page edits, which are the last time you can make any sort of changes to your book before it goes out into the printer. Um, right before I received them, I received a phone call from this person, and um, they just said that they had been wrong and that I had been wrong and that everything that I had sort of based my whole book upon, really like my book's bloodline, um, was not only wrong, but evil. And that I had been like grossly manipulated (laughs) by something in another realm and that I was, I was about to publish something that was going to bring untruth to the planet. And it sounds a little far-fetched in some ways. Sarah, can I just hold you there for a second? Because we've got to to go to break and it's it's time for a deep breath anyway. Uh, Unbelievable, shocking revelation for you. So let's take the break and we'll return with that story when we come back. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Are you looking for better sex? Learn how to have the best sex of your life when you join Ellen Etoff and her program, Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. You'll explore every aspect of love, sex, and intimacy, and discover new realms of possibility, including the spiritual dimensions of sex. It's an adults-only world with guest experts sharing valuable tips and techniques, and so much more. Cultivate the powerful energies of sexuality and an undefended heart. Listen and join in live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Just a reminder to go to my website, petertongue.com, with all of our uh, radio shows uh, archive. We're up to 240 shows now, 
and all my newsletters. Uh, the latest February newsletter is there to uh, help you understand what is going on in the world from my perspective and my understanding of spirit moving through the world and our landscape zodiac journeys. And also the opportunity to join our live meditations on a Thursday morning at 11.30 Pacific, either listening live or through an MP3 link that we will send to you after the meditation is complete. Just go to my events page uh, of my website, petertongue.com, and you can click on the link there to find out more information about those meditations. have with me today Sarah Beek, and just before the break, Sarah was talking about the moment just before publishing her book but the last opportunity to final edit her book when she had essentially the ultimate betrayal that anybody can go through having uh, trusted a person uh, most intimately with the details of all of the work and what and, and what sarah was doing so sarah continue with the story yeah thank you um so right after this person, you know, sort of delivered that uh, message to me um, on the phone, I, I hung up the phone and there was a knock on my door and it was FedEx bringing um, my book to me um, in the page edits form. So the, the timing of it um, was actually really helpful in some way because I was pretty much blown out of my body when this happened. Um, the shock to my system was really beyond anything that I can put words to. And the only thing I, you know, I try to say about it is like if there, everyone has their own particular Achilles heel, you know, and, and this was mine. And what this person said and how they communicated it was really just went right in. And, and it was, um, I mean, it was a huge, huge beyond huge teaching and learning. It probably took me about a week, though, just to get back, like, in my body um, and to be able to really check in. And and during that week, you know, I had already stopped another book from going out into the world because it didn't feel right, and I dealt with contracts and lawyers and publishers and losing my livelihood. And <laughs> so there was this part of me that was just like, okay, if this is true, you know, if, if this person is right about what they're communicating and I'm about to publish something that isn't true for me, that, that if I've been manipulated, if I'm actually, you know, bringing forth something really potentially even evil, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm open to to this. I'm not, I want to be sure. And, um, you know, if I have to, I'll pull the book now, you know, <laughs> I've left one publisher, I can do it again. Um, but it was, it was very startling, um, to say the least. And it took me about a week to get back in my body. And, and when I, when I was able to, that's when I, um, I had a very profound, n- nothing fancy, just really honest experience, um, but it was, it was profound in the fact that I just, I went inside and I just really turned off everything else and I was just asking for the truth. Um, no matter what it was, no matter how hard it would be for me to see, I just, I wanted to see it, I wanted to feel it, I wanted to know it again before I made another step. And that's when I got to encounter myself and really experience myself as as a universe 
And it was very simple. <laughs> it was just like the essence of me just being itself. Um, and there was something just incredibly beautiful and and just unbelievably honest. It was just like a universe being itself, just expressing itself. Like that's all it was doing. And in that moment of really experiencing that, I really got the message that it's not about like if what I am bringing is this or that or if every single thing has to be true or it's not so much about that. It is just am I as a distinct divine being expressing myself as truthfully as possible in this moment. And maybe that truth will change, you know, later down, who knows. But I really got that that was it. It wasn't about, like, some big ultimate truth. It was just, am I expressing my truth? And am I doing so to the best of my ability? And I got it, you know, in that moment. I was just like, I am. I am fully doing this to the best of my ability. And so I decided to allow the book to be published. Um, but it, the, what I have come to learn over my lifetime, and I, again, don't think I'm alone in this, but it's a very fascinating phenomenon, and it's been very pivotal for me to, to understand and begin to, to get more awareness around, that how I've been, quote-unquote, sort of hit by what I would consider kind of forces, you know, outside of me that would like to see me and other people not speak our truth. Um, for me in particular, it's come through those closest to me. And in particular, it's come through those closest to me, um, their shadows. So if they're not doing shadow work, um, the quote-unquote dark will take advantage of that sort of doorway, that opportunity to kind of come through somebody else's shadow. There has to be an opening, you know, in all of us for that to happen, but kind of come through and really nail somebody else. And for me, it's, it's been me, and it has a very particular quality of energy. Um, and this has been so important for me to get because there are times where I can turn against the person themselves and just be like, okay, what happened? You know, like this was like a 180. But when I'm able to really look back and put the pieces together with this person in particular, probably a month and a half before this happened, I called them and begged them to do shadow work with me like for both of us, because I could, I was beginning to feel that it was influencing our relationship and I could sense something wasn't right, but I couldn't tell what it was. And this person pretty much refused to do it. Um, and that, so there was an opportunity that happened. Um, so I know this might sound a little far out for some people, but this has just been something I've had to really face several times in my life. And the hits are hard. And it's been very important for me to discern the difference between someone just sort of having a bad day and when there's actually something incredibly powerful working through them, specifically targeting an aspect of me that will prevent me or try to prevent me from taking a step forward. But the thing is, is about all of this, which we all know, is that, you know, dark and light um, essentially is both are trying to teach us um, about who we are. And ultimately, this was just a really clever and incredibly precise <laughs> 
test and lesson is that, okay, if even the person closest to you thinks that what you're doing, and the only person who's been supporting you in this thinks that it's wrong what you're doing, um, are you still going to be willing, Sarah, to hold yourself and to trust yourself? Because the second book was a memoir, so it really was like, am I willing to hold my truth and myself no matter what other people think? So that was the way it came through. And so, I'm so, great so Sarah, why, 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 why is it that we get uh, pushed to these incredible depths of, of potential despair, actually? Why, why are we taken to this edge of this dark edge, this limit that, that really uh, impre- impresses upon us? Why is that necessary? You know, I, don't, I can't speak for everyone um, why that is. I, I know for me um, it has challenged me. It's been like incredible spiritual boot camp. And it has taught me where my own you know, quote, like holes are, where the parts in me are that are still doubting, you know, myself, because if there was a part of me that was, was, was certain in, in my own truth, not saying that this was the truth for anybody else, but if, there, if that part of me could really <clears throat> anchor into my own truth, <clears throat> then that person wouldn't have, it wouldn't have hit so hard. So it reflected back to me that there was still, you know, some wounding there, that there was still a real part of me that distrusted myself and distrusted my own journey, and I needed to see that. And <clears throat> if I'm able to, to look back at the patterns of when things have come in of that nature and of that force, and I'm able to sort of strip them of sort of the external um, way they look, because each time they look different, um, essentially they're asking the same question, which is really like my particular wound and my particular thing I'm here to, le- to learn, which is to, to be myself no matter how it looks to other people and to be willing to hold all aspects of myself, both the dark and the light. So I, I can't, you know, I'm not comfortable giving a big, you know, universal reason for it, but I so trust um, and I have enormous amount of respect for the dark um, and because it has taught me so much about myself and I see that sort of the driving force behind everything in this universe and I actually do see love behind it all, not in some new agey fluffy way, but there is no force stronger in my opinion than love to be able to <laughs> to hold both the dark and the light and to, to kind of bring them together um, towards us in our life in such a way that we are given this choice to open more to our truth or to close down. And I just feel like that opportunity, you know, is present in in anything, whether we call it dark, whether we call it just psychological, you know, whether we call it spiritual, it doesn't really matter. Um, This is just the particular way I've, I've learned it, you know, and I've, I've been shown it by my own being. Well, I really appreciate that. So that's a wonderful answer, Sarah. And, and we're going to go to our next break, and we'll return with Sarah Beek uh, shortly. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? 
If you're searching for the answers to these and other spiritual questions, you can look within. And you can tune into The Open Door. Our program will expand your awareness of the teachings of the Ascended Masters, offer you practical tools that promote self-mastery and personal freedom, and provide an unerring pathway for graduating from Earth Schoolroom. The Open Door with host Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy is broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors for this series of shows, Sherry Chase of Chase International Real Estate Company in beautiful, in beautiful Lake Tahoe and Reno, Nevada, uh, and also the wonderful support we have from Voice America through Brandy, my producer, and Matt, our regular engineer, who provide the opportunity for me to bring such wonderful guests to you, our listeners. And one of those wonderful guests is with us today, Sarah Beek. And Sarah has been sharing very personal uh, unfoldment of her own life, her, her own uh, emergence, really, into her absolute genuine spirituality. And Sarah, one of the questions I want to ask you, because I, I get asked this question all the time from people on their awakening journey is this whole question of, of discernment and, and how do you know that the information that you're receiving is coming from your true self rather than from the ego or some other aspect of, of yourself, of, of someone else. So help our, help our listeners with that. You talked before the break about asking that very specific question about your book your book and the story and the truth of that. So help our, help our listeners understand. Yeah, that's a wonderful question, and it's something I'm still very much learning and very devoted to because it's a process for me, and it's something that I would venture to say for many of us, coming back into intimacy with our own soul and how it feels in our body and how it uniquely communicates with us. Um, it's 
it's a process because many of us have not been as consciously close to it as we might have liked to be. It's also not been as encouraged on this planet. Um, there's been more encouragement, I would venture to say, to to connect with, for instance, you know, just God or goddess or the universe or spirit guides or ascended masters or, you know, you name it, um, deities, different things like that. And less mm, pushes or reminders that we ourselves are um, a being of extraordinary wisdom and distinction. And our soul, in particular, um, is the part of us that's incarnated many, many times. So really is like the belly of all of our wisdom and insight and experiences as a being. And so I know for me, I'm someone who has been studying spirituality for for a long while. I I was pretty surprised at how um, how how rare it was that I was reminded to look within um, and reminded to really really trust what was going on within. Um, and as you said, some of the, the confusion around that is because for most of us, there's a lot of different voices running around our minds and our bodies. And it's hard at the beginning when we're really wanting to reestablish connection with our authentic nature. It's, it can be difficult at the beginning to discern what is really the me of me and what is... My ego, and for like I know for me, what is my spiritualized ego, and that's the part of my ego <laughs> that has been sort of soaking in the spiritual arena for a while, so it can sound very spiritual, but is still not um, my soul. And what might be an external entity, for instance, masquerading as my soul's voice, or what might be group mind, you know, a tradition or a group I'm a part of that has a very strong reality or paradigm, and, and, and that might be sounding a particular way. So there's a host of voices and forms of communication that we're all receiving, you know, continuously throughout the day. And for me, it's just taken honest practice. It's taken me to just sit down and to start regenerating um, and reopening that pathway between my soul and I um, and really asking and inviting for my soul to show up again and again and again and again and again and again and being devoted to documenting that process and learning and watching and feeling, especially in my body. And so over the years, I began to notice for instance, that when my soul was communicating, um, there was a real feeling in my body of, of genuineness, of, of an openness, um, not of some like ecstatic, blissed out state, just a real natural kind of coming home to my body. And the communication, whether it be through words or images um, or synchronicities or dreams, it felt just mm, organic to me. It felt like simple, but really like if I had to clear everything out, like this was definitely like what I would be doing anyway, (laughs) even if it scared the hell out of me. It felt like this was just me. It's almost like the way I felt when I was a little girl um, before I really started adopting um, everybody else's paradigms and belief systems before I started reading all the spiritual books and doing all the practices, kind of like my, my original nature, you know, doing cartwheels in the, in the grass, 
you know, and smelling the air and feeling the sun, like that is kind of what it feels like to me when I'm in contact with my soul. And it feels so familiar. It doesn't feel like something outside of me. Um, now, the difference, for instance, for me between that and what I would call like my my Regular ego is, my regular ego tends to have more of a heady quality. It tends to be more analytical, more perfectionistic, um, a little more critical, judgmental. It can make me feel more contracted or make me feel more threatened or competitive. Um, and then my spiritualized ego will have all that sort of um, spiritual <laughs> pressure around it, you know, to do this in order to to be more enlightened or to be more you know, all that stuff. So my soul kind of has like a down-home quality. Um, she's hilarious. She is real. Um, she really helps me face both my light and my dark. She's not interested in sort of overemphasizing one or the other. She sees them as the same, really. And um, it's a feeling in the body. And just to go back to it, it takes practice to to begin to discern that again. But if you get a piece of it, information and you act on it, um, document it. Like for me, I documented it in my journal. Like when I'm receiving this information, this is how I feel, blank, blank, blank. And then if I act on it and it turns out to not be so, I can go back and kind of see what might have been interfering in that process. So it's, it's a real practice and it's ongoing. For me, it's even this morning, you know, I did something where I was feeling sort of pulled in one direction and I had to really sit down and I was actually recognizing that there were some, some people who had been reading my work that were really, their energy was in my space and they were really needing something from me. And I love to be of service. <laughs> there was that part of me that got hooked into it, but it was sort of hooking me and pulling me outside of my own soul's path. So I had to really kind of, you know, very gratefully and respectfully kind of clear that just by sort of even using my hand to sort of push it out of my space and kind of resettle back into my hips and refocus on what is it actually that my soul is wanting me to do right now. So it's a practice, um, but it does come into a very body-based feeling. So this relationship uh, with, I think you call uh, your, my lady or the red lady is your soul. That you, I guess it's become probably the most significant relationship you have. Yeah, it's my, it's my, you know, foundation. Um, if it's not doing well, nothing in my life is doing well. So it's the most intimate relationship I have, and like any intimate relationship, it takes time and effort. I have to put in, you know, the the energy and the willingness and, um, you know, keep my heart open to her because, and it sounds funny, I know, because some people are like, it's your soul, your heart should always be open to it, but at least in my case, I found that's, that's it's, it's tricky. We have relationships with our own being, you know, we have relationships um, with this planet and, and through my soul's eyes, everything is about relationship. So if we're able to regenerate and recultivate and grow more intimate with our own being, with our own soul, all the rest of our relationships start benefiting from it quite naturally. And why is, why is the color red so important? Well, red is a color that my soul has used to kind of announce her presence in my life and to really remind me um, 
of my own qualities and my own distinct divine nature. And so red just tended to be the medium for that. So I just noticed that when red, the color, the energy would show up, for instance, through my studies or in my personal life, um, more often than not, there was something coming through that that was my soul, which I didn't realize till later. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on for most of my life with the color red. But it was really this um, sort of external reflection of my own inner nature, and it was really my soul trying to get my attention. And I believe this is true with any, with all of us, and, and any, any, it doesn't have to be a color, <laughs> it can be anything, that our soul is constantly beckoning us back into our own arms and sort of beckoning us back into this remembrance of who we are. And so it will show up in different signs or synchronicities, different symbols to be like, the quality is embedded in this symbol, not necessarily the symbol itself, but the qualities of this are a direct reflection of your own distinct nature. And this is also an important part of soul work because it's not saying just general, like the whole general universal nature, although, of course, we're a part of that. But with the soul path in particular, it's also trying to honor the delicious distinction we each have. And so red was part of that way to sort of distinguish my own particular being um, and to really say that there is a belovedness in that distinction and a real celebration in all of our distinction as well as the fact that we are interdependent, you know, and we're all in this together. We're all in this together by doing our own distinct part. So, Sarah, we're actually coming up to our, our last break, and it's a great time to take it. We'll uh, have the final segment with Sarah Beek shortly. It's Peter Tongue for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. 
If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Up with today is Sarah Beek, who has opened her heart totally vulnerable uh, by revealing her story, sharing her story, which has been one of incredible ups and downs, highs and lows. And uh, I really appreciate that Sarah's had the courage to do this. So, Sarah, just let our listeners know how they can uh, connect with your work and your books and uh, any upcoming events you have going on. Sure. Um, my website is sarahbeek.com, and that's spelled S-E-R-A-B-E-A-K.com. And there you can find um, different interviews and talks. Um, there's a Soul Fire retreat I'm doing in Montana in July, and something else happening at Kripalu um, over Labor Day. Um, and I also offer Soul Fire sessions so um and any other information you can find on my website sarahbeek.com spelled s-e-r-a-b-e-a-k.com sarahbeek.com so sarah let's talk now about soul fire and and the qualities of soul that you've experienced that have, have so beautifully come through you and transformed you yeah <laughs> um yeah, I don't. I don't really know exactly what to what to share, um, except for it is, you know, the most important thing for me right now. It's, and as I mentioned before the break, it's a practice to stay in alignment with my soul. It's a daily practice. Um, it is incredibly challenging and um, also incredibly rewarding. But it's not rewarding in the way that. I think my spiritualized ego <laughs> thought it would be, you know, years ago. Um, it's required a real continual um, surrender and letting go of what I thought I was here to be and to do, including my most idealistic spiritual, you know, missions or my desires to be of service. It's just constantly letting go and asking my soul, who I call my lady, to um, to keep showing me and and souls work best kind of in the dark and they're a bit slower than sort of the spirit path. <laughs> it's a little bit more of a muddy <laughs> muddy crawl um, and so that's that's just something that I am still in process of learning and I'm, I'm about to start my my third book Revelations and this feels um, if Red Hot and Holy my second book was my human memoir of how I lost and then found my soul again and it's really a love story as I think all all of our stories with our soul are it's a real reunion of the most honest and sort of foundational level and Revelations feels like it's my soul's memoir so it is gonna require another another form of a spiritual boot camp and just the fact that I will have to just so trust my soul and what she remembers about her own path through this universe and kind of why why she's here and it's it's a it's an enormous healing process I can feel that and I can feel that it's 
the last piece in this sort of red trilogy. Um, I'm sure I, I'll have more to go after that, but in terms of this particular chunk that I am, I am learning to digest, it's the last piece. Um, and I feel like after I'm done with that book, I'll actually um, I'll be able to be here as a, in a way that's um, of service in a way that I can't quite, you know, conceptualize right now. So this relationship is just something that I encourage everyone to inquire about. And if anything I've said resonates, to just um, to invite invite your very distinct, very um, <laughs> unconditionally loving, incredibly wise soul to come that much more forward in your life and um, and just see what happens. And and obviously there are no coincidences, and you've talked about synchronicity a couple of times. So clearly this is happening very specifically at this time, and you are one of the representations of of the sacred feminine who who are going through this process. So how does this fit into the bigger picture of of the world at large and the consciousness of the planet? It just feels that it is very clear that it's time for many of us to remember who we are. Um, and the, the distinctness of who we are because by doing so we're able to really bring many aspects of our being um, onto this planet more consciously. We're able to actually ground our feet um, both into the, the full humanity of what we are and the full divinity and that is something this planet, Mama Earth, craves um, so badly is is for us to come home again while we're here, not while we not after we we you know leave the body, but while we're still here. And when we do that, when we start to come home to ourselves, and we let go of everything else that's been sort of defining us and really allowing our soul to define us from the inside out, why we're really here and the service that we are um, starts emerging so naturally, and it starts supporting this planet in more direct and effective ways. And it's this both this incredible celebration, it's also an incredible process of labor, and it feels like an incredible gift, both like from this planet and to this planet. And it definitely, for me, has been a route through the feminine, and this does not mean that it negates the masculine in any way, sense, or form. I just know that I had to really reacquaint myself on such an intimate level with the feminine um, because I, I had been acquainted with the masculine, but to really reacquaint myself with the feminine, this was my path. And I, I feel that it's being very guided by the feminine. Um, it's guiding both men and women to to re-acknowledge the feminine and to re-know it in themselves. And so it feels <laughs> very exciting, and it's also very realistic to me. <laughs> I don't have any sort of like spiritual gloss over it. Um, I think this is hard, <laughs> and this is an intense process. But I think our hearts um, have always known that this is why we're here. And I think the key piece that you've, you've made very clear during the show today is uh, there is nothing outside of us that can guide us in the same way that this reconnecting to our soul within can do. No, and, and that's, that's, the, that's the process. That's the requirement is that each of us 
come back into such full embrace of our own being. Um, and that can only happen by going within. And it doesn't mean we won't get help and reflections from our external sources, but the real requirement is can we trust that we we are it, you know, that we are the one we've been waiting for. And by doing that and by being that again, we immediately are connected on such a deeper, more profound level with every other being and the planet itself and the grand universe. It's like you got to go in before you go out. <laughs> what I have learned the hard way. <laughs> well, Sarah, I, I really appreciate the time you spent with us on the show today. And I, I applaud you and I really honor you for having the courage to do what you've done. It was a very important uh, process for you to go through, but also to share with others in the world who will now be absolutely inspired by your, your story and your journey. So thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here with you. Thank you so much. I'll just take a deep breath to, to settle in again there. Thank you so much, uh, Sarah, for today, and thank you all for listening, and I hope you all take her message to heart. My guest next week is Dave Markovitz, making his return to the show, who's written uh, his latest book, which is a really interesting one called Self-Care for the Self-Aware and the Realization that Many of the Empaths and the people working together on the planet to support others are actually carrying other people's stuff. And traditional medical assistance doesn't seem to make any difference or to help in any way. And Dave has come up with some solutions for us to understand and to help ourselves clear these uh, energies that are actually not ours. And so it'll be another very interesting show for all those people who work in the world as healers and supporters, light workers, if you will. And so I hope you'll join me for that show. Have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tung for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.